Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code. My name is Paul, your host, as always, and welcome to the show. Today's show is sponsored by MyCEUDepot.com. That's M-Y-C-E-U-D-E-P-O-T.com. For all of your continuing education, pre-licensing, all that good stuff when it comes to renewing your license, whether you're an engineer or uh, an electrician, uh, a plumbing, mechanical, all of those goodies that you can get from myceudepot.com. So I encourage you to go there, support us by getting your continuing education credit there. And that way you show support for the show. Hopefully you get something out of these shows. So, all right. So today's episode is a prelude to a video that's coming out uh, about dealing with pull and junction box calculations and the real basic concept of what do you do when you're dealing with conductors, whether it's a raceway or cable assembly that is for AWG or larger. So that's what we're focusing on. So today's show is primarily going to deal with a audio version of explanation for 314.28, A1, and A2. Um, but obviously you're going to get everything you'd ever want to know about this application, which is good for exam prep um, and good for apprentices to learn. last thing you want to do is be on a big job and get this wrong or the wrong size junction boxes or whatnot uh, and be the laughing stock of your union or wherever you're involved with your company just because it was a simple calculation everybody makes mistakes uh we all do uh but this is one you want to really sit down and think about so kind of again like i always like to do this is a podcast as a prelude to a video that i want you to um get ready for and, and, and just kind of remind you to look out for it so that's what i do a lot with my podcast because there's so much um to, to talk about but in a podcast it's it's really difficult because i can't you know, I have to do my best to paint you a picture, and I just want you to listen, because I like to do things in what's, you know, multiple steps. In other words, if you're studying for an exam, or you're trying to prepare for something, I like you to listen to it, soak it all in, and then when you watch the video, you, you kind of pull it all together. And that's the kind of the thing that I do with my exam prep. We talk about it, we have one-on-ones, and incidentally, that's a shameless plug for my exam prep series that's getting ready to come out in the next couple weeks. Uh, everything that you'll need to know to prepare for an electrical exam. Now, we're not going to talk about local laws and things like that. If that's on your exam, then, you know, we have a module for that that you can get through our MyCEU Depot partner. Uh, but for us, we really want to focus on the National Electrical Code, how to move through the code, how to remember things in the code, how to navigate through the code, and then, of course, uh, important things to highlight in the code. And then what we want to do is show you how to do the basic calculations because the basic foundation for calculations is what you really need. We're not going to get detailed into having you design a five-story building with all of the components in it because that's not going to be on exam. Now, does that mean you don't need to know how to do it? Absolutely not. You do need to know how to do it. And we'll have videos for that, especially some exclusive videos that are only going to be available if you're part of the Certified Master Electrical Code Professional Program, which we're not going to talk about today. But if you want to learn how to take your code to the next level uh, and be, uh, you know, to have people know and be certified as a NEC code navigation expert for your company, then look into that program from our website at masterthenec.com. Now, again, somebody will post that that's a shameless commercial. And of course, you know what? It is. You didn't have to listen. You can easily turn this off if you don't like it. Okay, uh, that's one thing you'll learn about me. I'm not here to pander to anybody. You don't like it? Don't listen. 
Uh, if you learn something from it, great, because my goal here is to help you become a better electrician, uh, help you pass an exam. And for me, it's about passing on things that I've learned through the years, and I want to make sure that I pass it on. There's a, there was a time when I thought that, you know what, I have nothing else to give that people know everything about, but then I get these emails, questions, comments to pictures you post, and I realize that, you know what, we are learning. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that I have left to teach out there, so... We're going to do that. All right, so today's episode, if you have a code book, we're obviously always now going to be in the 2017 code until we have a change, and I will let you know when that happens. Uh, we're in the 2017 edition, and we're at 314.28. We're dealing with pull and junction boxes and conduit bodies. Today's episode, we are not going to talk conduit bodies because that is a whole separate uh, thing that I want to do as a lesson. So basically, we're just going to talk about the requirements that are in 314.28A1 and A2 and all things associated with that. So that's this podcast. And, and like I said, you will have a video that corresponds to this podcast. All right, that, that'll be available. Now, if you have your code books handy, that's great. Go to 314.28. If you do not, just listen along. And again, you'll be watching the video at some other time and you'll get it. You'll get it. All right, so when we're looking at the pull and junction box aspect of it, many of the raceway uh, rules will tell us that, look, you can't have bins that it's going to see more than 360 between pull points, especially when you're dealing with this larger type of uh, uh, raceway or conductors and what have you. Or, you know, okay, so that's the first thing. So if I want to just talk, if I was just talking basics like EMT, then EMT is going to tell me that, look, I can't have more in, in, in any one run. Now, I can't have more than 360 degrees total of bins, and that's 490s, between pull points, okay? And, and examples of pull points would be conduit bodies, which we're not going to get into today, but we are talking about boxes, junction boxes, pull boxes. So you need to understand how to add these boxes in in order to be able to break up that 360. Now, I can tell you lately, I have been getting a lot of requests, uh, especially where I work, to do... A calculation, pull calculations, where the local jurisdiction has given a a a, a, um, a waiver, if you will, I guess a modification on the the, the requirements. For example, for EMT, it would be 358.26, uh, where they allow you to go more than 360 degrees between pull points. Now, as a wire and cable manufacturer, that's I worry about that because obviously we're trying to protect the sidewalls of these cables, uh, these conductors, if you will. Uh, or the conductors that make up a cable assembly. Uh, and, you know, so we worry about that. Also, we worry about pulling tensions and the number of 90s that, that you have. That, that As it breaks that 90, you have a lot of stress that's being placed on the conductors in the sidewall. And that can vary depending on whether it's thermoplastic, thermal set, or whatever, way more than what we want to talk about today. But there is a, a real concern. Um, and, of course, you also keep in mind that you don't exceed the, the raceway fill requirements uh, and, and that is a, a big concern that we have to deal with in Chapter 9, Table 1. Uh, so at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to protect against. So anyway, you put these these pull boxes, or these junction boxes, if you will. In most cases, these are pull boxes because no junctions are going to be taking place in them. Um, Although they, they could. Um, but you're going to see that you need some minimum dimensions. And that's what we want to work with today. We want to kind of talk about these dimension requirements to kind of give you the basic rules to help go with a video that we're going to do. So hopefully uh, all of you have have gotten had enough time now to get your code book and get to 314.28 uh, so that we can kind of 
look it over and see what it has to offer. All right. All right, so now it says we're going to deal again with the pull and junction box aspect of this. So 314.28 is telling us that boxes and conduit bodies, although we're not dealing with that, used as pull or junction boxes shall comply. So there's no shall be permitted. This is a this is a mandatory requirement. It says shall. Remember that for you exam people taking an exam. Shall and shall be. Uh, all those are requirements. Shall be permitted. And all, for example, is is a permissive means it's going to allow you to do something. Uh, that's just kind of an optional way way to do it. Uh, but when you see shall shall be, then you know that this is a requirement. Okay. Now they might add some exception to that or some exception to the general rule, but you got to be aware of. We're just going to talk to generalists today. We will talk about one exception in three fourteen twenty eight a two, but we're really going to keep it general today. All right, now, minimum size. So what does this apply to when we're talking about sizing these pull boxes and junction boxes? We're all familiar with the smaller conductor sizing requirements uh, that, that we, we've all encountered previously in the code, especially when we're dealing with 314.16, A and B, dealing with volume, there's small conductor volumes, and, and things like that. So it you know it gets a little different when we start bumping up into some of the requirements uh, of you know the conductors where we're dealing with 314.28. So we really wanted to focus on that today when we're dealing with that. And so it says all right, minimum size for this rule. Now 314.28a says for raceways containing conductors of four AWG, that's American wire gauge. It's old Brown and Sharp methods, which is now we just call AWG. It's part of the extrusion process to get you the different gauges of, of conductors. Somebody asked me I should do a, a, a video on that and use where I work, uh, Encore, to, to do shoot video footage and all that. But we really don't like to put video footage, even though those are probably customary machines. It's just we kind of don't do that. But anyway, I can talk about it, tell you about it, answer questions about it. But anyway, so for raceways containing conductors of 4 AWG or larger that are required to be insulated, okay, and for cables containing conductors for AWG or larger, the minimum dimension of pull or junction boxes installed in a raceway or cable shall comply with 31428A1 through A3. Now, of course, A3 is a smaller dimension rule. We're not going to cover that here today in this episode. We will at some time, but not today. Because that generally deals with some listed boxes or, or listed conduit bodies that, that have a dimensions that are less than what we required in 314.20A1 through A2. Okay? Alright? So, we're going we're to focus on that on a different uh, podcast. That way I keep these kind of short. As short as I can get it anyway. Uh, it also goes on to say is where an enclosure's dimension is to be calculated based on the diameter of entering raceways... The diameter shall be the metric designator, and then in parentheses it has trade size, expressed in the units of measurement employed. Now, from all of my videos or podcasts or whatever, we talk about that would be a trade size 3, would be equivalent to a 3 inch, but it's really called trade size. But for all intents and purposes, most of us, even a trade size 3 is actually going to be 3 inch, is what we're going to, you know, is what it would be. But... To be correct for all of those folks out there who want to nitpick uh, and to save me from the stupid emails that I'll get about this, I'll just say 
Three inch is equivalent to trade size three, and you will let it go at that. Okay, that's a trade size three, or trade size two, or trade size one and a quarter, or one and a half, or whatever it is, and that's generally what we refer. So in my graphics, I would generally deal with trade size, and I will call it trade size, even though I just want you to know that it'd be synonymous with people calling it three inch. Okay. It's kind of like those people out there who say, don't call a remote distribution panel a sub-panel, and they jump all over you. But the reality is, we know what it is, and most electricians I deal with aren't that goofy in that they get all worked up about it. You know what it is. We're here to install it. Um, there's a lot of educators out there who want to act like they're... Um, get their panties in a wad if you say sub-panel, and they go, oh, you can't say sub-panel. Give me a break. <clears throat> and you know who you are, just so I'm saying that. All right, look. So in this case, you know, we, we know what we're dealing with. When we say trade size three, it's synonymous with the three-inch, okay, raceway. Um, so we, we're, we established that down. Now let's talk about the straight pulls. So you've got this long pull, and you need a pull point uh, because you've done a pull calculation, hopefully you've done one. You know, back in my day, we didn't do so many pull calculations, but we know how to do them. Pull, I say pull, pull, excuse me, pull calculation. We know how to do them. We knew this requirement, but did we really do a calculation to make sure that we weren't exceeding a raceway fill? Well, we hopefully did that. We really weren't that concerned about sidewall damage. We hopefully we just pulled it and it, everything worked out. But today, it seems that that's becoming a real popular thing to make sure it's done right. Not just because some jurisdictions are waiving the the uh, .26 requirement in most of those sections for raceways about the not exceeding 360 per per pull point or for total from point from pull point to pull point. I don't know if that's it or not, but we're doing a lot of those pull calculations, and those pull calculations, you know, can tell us whether or not you could potentially damage. The wire. Of course, if you plex it, you have less chance of damaging. It might pull a little easier. But again, we can't cover every possible install that you might have. So um, we just do it on the basis. All right, so let's talk the straight pull. So we, we, are, we're, we need a pull point, and it's a straight pull. In other words, it's going straight through the box, coming in one side, going out the opposite wall. Okay. It says in straight pulls, and this is 314.28A1, and remember this when you're taking an exam. Uh, in straight pulls, the length of the box or conduit body okay, shall not be less than eight times the metric designator, or we say trade size, of the largest raceway. Okay, So for straight pull, I could have a straight pull coming in to the left and going out, to, going out the right. Okay, If it is a trade size six, uh, excuse me, if it's a trade size three, okay, so it would be a three inch for those out there who want to go that way. Be three times eight, and it'd be twenty-four. Okay, so that's the largest raceway. Now, if I had uh, a trade size three and two trade size ones coming in the left side and then going out the right side, you don't have to account for the others. You know, it's just basically of the largest raceway. Obviously, it's going to be enough for the smallers ones. So remember that in a test if that tries to trick you on that aspect of it. So if I'm largest raceway coming into the left is is a trade size three and it has to be eight times that trade size and in the length from the point where it enters in to the opposite side has to be eight times that largest uh, raceway trade size. Okay. So for example that again that would be if it was trade size three times eight it's 24 inches. So the actual length of that 
pull box can't be less than 24 inches. Okay, so that's a straight pull. And again, a lot of times I've seen, and I don't know if it's the attempt attempt to try to, you know, try to fool people in an exam. You know, I'm not into that. I don't think that they should be trying to do that. I think we should just be testing you on what it is, what it is. But at the end of the day, just remember that. Now, it does get different for angle pull. We're talking straight pull, okay? So eight times the largest raceway. So again, if it was a three, a trade size three, and a trade size one, and a trade size one coming to the left side, I only have to deal with the trade size three times eight, and that would be the application. All right, so 24 inches between the two, okay? So straight pulls are pretty pretty darn easy. Um, notice that it only deals with the length, okay? It only deals with the point you come in and the opposite wall. A lot of times people ask me, what about the, the height of it? Uh, it has to be of adequate dimension for you to be able to work in it, okay? And, and I like that the fact that, the, you know, we're going to leave that pretty much to the code giving you, let's, let's do the common sense approach here. You know, it has to be enough room for you to be able to work in it, but we're really concerned with the conductors that come into the left and go out to the right. Okay, it doesn't mean because it's you got to have 24 inches from the from the point it comes in to the opposite wall that you also have another dimension from the top to bottom. No, you will if you have raceways coming in that way. We're really trying to get from A to left to right. Now, here's the thing. Good news is most of the rate, uh, most of the boxes that you'll get, if they're going to have a 24-inch dimension, then they're going to be more than adequate in the height dimension, okay? And they're going to be more than adequate in the depth dimension, okay? Now that's not to say that if I don't have things that go in that box, uh, that if that box allows it, that I'm not going to have to account for the box itself volume, you know, for dealing with things like if I had a a splice. Uh, uh, a tap or something like that that goes into it, then, then you have count for that. But here we're just talking about pull box, junction box. You're pulling straight through it. Okay, that's the first thing we want to deal with. Okay, so that's a pretty easy way for a podcast to describe 314.28a. Now we could go in other details and, and suck in other parts of the code, but we're gonna we're gonna keep it simple for your exam. You're really, you know, moving through or, or trying to learn about the straight pull. Now, the next one, 314.28A2. This is angle or U-pulls or splices. Okay. Now, rest assured, my friends, there will be a video on this showing all of these variations and the calculations between raceway entries on the same side, uh, all of those type of things are going to be covered in real extreme detail. So anything that you feel, well, Paul, you didn't go deep enough, trust me. Uh, you won't listen to a two-hour podcast, but you might watch a video that covers everything. At least it'll be part of my exam prep series. I can promise you that. So uh, let's just keep it basic here for the podcast. All right, so 314.28, A2, angle, U-pulls or splices. It says where splices or where angle or U-pulls are made, the distance between each raceway entry inside the box or conduit body and the opposite wall of the box or conduit body shall not be less than six times the metric designator, or in our case we use trade size, of the largest raceway in a row. Okay, 
Okay? So you might have two different rows. Okay? And, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a little more detail in, in addition to that. Okay. Then it says, This distance shall be increased for additional entries by the, by the amount of the sum of the diameters of all other raceway entries in the same row on the same wall of the box. Okay, make it simple. I have one row. It's got a trade size three. Uh, let's do it that way. And in this, time, this instance, it uses a six times rule. So it's three times six is 18. Now let's say I had two additional uh, trade size one raceways in the same row as that trade size three. Then I take the sum of those in their number, which is a one. Okay, so in that case, we would take it as it was uh, six times three, which is 18, plus one, plus one. So it would be plus one, plus one. So that would be 20. So that's the total sum uh, of the other entries in that same row. You know, and you're taking the diameter as the sum. In this case, trade size one. So that means that from where those three, where that larger comes in one wall, and you have other raceways that are in the same row, okay, they're side by side, same dimension, um, if you will. Then you add those together, and you add that to it. So you only do the six times for the largest raceway, and then you take the sum of the other raceways that are in the same row, and that gets you that dimension from that side to the opposite wall. Okay, and that's that's basically the gist of that. All right, now it says each row shall be calculated individually, and the single row that provides the maximum distance shall be used. So it's pretty simple. If I had two rows, and you'll see in my graphics, I'll have a row one and a row two. Now in row two, let's say it has a trade size three, and then a trade size one, and a trade size one, and then the row one had a trade size one, had three trade size ones in it. Well, it's pretty evident that row two is going to provide the maximum distance, okay? So that's going to be the one you use. Uh, I do have people out there who will literally do the one row, and then they will add the second row, and then try to add that cumulative to it, and then you've got this box that wouldn't be a code violation. I mean, it's larger than it needs to be, but it might not fit the application. I mean, you might not have enough room to do it, right? So that's, that's how you do it. And the other thing to remember is, let's say I'm only coming. Let's say I'm coming in one side, okay. And as you'll see in my graphics for the video, I really encourage you to watch that video. That you'll see that the three one inch or one trade size one turning go down, whereas the three trade size three and the two one, I think in my graphic it's one and a, one and a half trade size. They go in and go up. Okay, so I've got dimensions. I have really two different dimensions. I have to go from the one side that has two rows and do my calculations to the opposite wall. Once that's done, that's going to give me that length. In this case, we said it was 20. And then in the other dimension, going straight up, I have to do that same calculation to its opposite wall. And I'm going to take the side, which is obviously the top, because that's got the trade size 3 and the 2, 1, in our example, 2 trade size 1s going in the top, that actually you know, are going to be aiming down, but they're really turning to come into the ones that are coming into the side. But you still have to measure the dimensions to the opposite wall. And you take the side that has the largest dimension. And of course, it, you know, in this case, we had three 
trade size ones in the bottom, which those three from the right are coming in and turning down. But then you had the from the right coming in, you had the trade size three, and then you had the two trade size one or whatnot, and they're turning and the conductors are going straight up. And so matching on the top of the enclosure of the box, you've got a matching trade size three and two trade size ones, uh, or one and a half, whatever the graphic's going to show. And at that point, you got to measure both dim dimensions. You have to measure left to right, and then you have to measure top to bottom in order to find our maximum dimension. Okay, so that's what you're going to do. So when you soak all that in, now let's read it. And you'll see how it all just flows when you're looking at a box. It really doesn't need to be that complicated. And you'd be surprised how complicated people make this. It says where splices, where angle or U-pulls are made. The distance between each raceway entry inside the box or conduit body and the opposite wall of the box or conduit body shall not be less than six times the metric designator, in our case we use trade size, of the largest raceway in a row. This distance shall be increased for additional entries by the amount of the sum of the diameters of all other raceway entries in that same row, in that same wall of the box. Okay, you're still working on that one side. Now, it says each row shall be calculated individually. All around the box, each one shall be calculated individually and this and a single row that provides the maximum distance shall be used. Okay, so that's pretty simple concept. Now, we get into our first exception. So there is exceptions to the rules because you could come into the back of a box and you got to remember something. You notice that we're talking about dimensions here. We're talking left to right or up to down, but we've yet to talk about depth. Okay, uh, So when we talk about depth, that pretty much gets taken care of by the manufacturers Okay, for that. However, we do have an exception that says, well, wait a minute. What if I'm coming in to, let's say, the back of the box? And I have a removable cover on the opposite side. And there's no opposite wall. I mean, the cover can be removed. Okay. So then what is my dimension? And it says where a rate, and here's the exception. It says, so you follow the general rule, but it says, okay, I get it. It's for those boxes that are on the side of the wall and you're coming in the back of the box and you got a removable cover. It says where a raceway or cable entry is in the wall of a box or conduit body opposite a removable cover. It says the distance from the wall to the cover shall be permitted to comply with the distance requirements for, for one wire term per terminal in table 312.6a. And so that could be six inches, it could be eight inches, depending on the size and whatnot that are coming into the box. What's interesting about this is you see the use of the shall be permitted. So could I treat that removable cover as a opposite wall and not I'll use this exception? Certainly. It may be an awful deep box. And it might not be necessary because you have conductors are simply passing through and turning and going down for deflection. But it's giving you the ability to treat those conductors no differently than you would at a termination where you have to maintain this bend not to damage the conductors. So we're going to assume that you're going to make this bend as if you were turning to a terminal uh, and you're not going to excessively bend it. And that's where 312.6a comes into play. So this is an allowance, and this again is used a lot uh, on uh, conduit bodies, which we're not talking about today, uh, LBs and things like that, okay? So 
that's a separate topic because I want to explain some weird things about those type of things and how they get up those measurements and how if you start doing these measurements eight times, six times, whatever, uh, eight really the six times, you're going to see that you're going to scratch your head a little bit with conduit bodies. So I don't want to do that in this episode. We'll, I want you to come back for a different one. All right, so we've covered really the basics. Now, it goes on again and says, okay, look, the distance between raceway entries enclosing the same conductors shall not be less than six times the metric designator trait size of the largest raceway. So that's another aspect that you have to be aware of. So if I've got one coming in the right side, and I've got those same conductors coming and turning and going down, uh, that in, in turning, right, in going out, the, the same, uh, same uh, side, then I have to maintain the uh, the distance. If I have the conductors coming out and turning going down, then I have to maintain this distance as well. Okay, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that that distance that we're dealing with. Okay, so even in the angle pulls, we have to maintain that distance between it because those are the same conductors going in and going out. And again, that's as long as it's the same conductors going, and it should take care of itself based on again the size of the raceway, and you're still going to use the same designator, and that's the six times. Don't worry. We'll cover it all. Okay. All right. Now, it goes on to say, well, wait a minute. What do I do with a cable? Because a cable doesn't necessarily come in trade size. Okay, so I don't buy an MC cable, and I buy it in a trade size three. Okay. We give you an OD. And we give you the number of conductors. But you, you, you have to do something in your mind when you're doing this. You have to take the MC cable and you have to kind of calculate what would be the size raceway that I would comply with these amount of conductors inside of it. So, in other words, I don't. if I took a cable which you don't have a raceway fill requirement for, we take care of that as a cable manufacturer and everything's good. Um... And it's another reason why you don't exceed the, the bend. You, you have to maintain a bending radius because there's not a lot of room in there. We don't want to damage the armor and we don't want to damage the conductors. Okay. Different story for a different time. But what it's saying here in the code, it says, okay, you've told me that, wait a minute, the, the, the rules said dealing with raceways or cables, but we're doing all this talk about raceway entries. What about a cable? It says we're transposing cable size into raceway size. In 314.28A1 and A2, okay, in case you have MC cables, hey, whatever you got going on, it says the minimum metric designator or trade size raceway required for the number and size of conductors in a cable shall be used. Okay, so if I've got four conductors in an MC and I need to know to do this calculation, then I have to determine what is the minimally acceptable size of raceway that I would use for this application. And then I would I would do that. So if I'm coming in and, and, and I'm coming in with a certain size MC, uh, then I would have to use its equivalent size of a raceway uh, that would be utilized. Now, if my whole installation is using EMT, then I'm going to use that variable. If I'm doing everything else in rigid, and uh, so, I mean, there is some leeway there uh, on it. But this is what you what you want to do. So you basically, in your mind, take those conductors that are inside the MC 
And now you have to do a raceway calculation to determine what size raceway that you need. Basically, it's a raceway fill calculation so that I don't exceed the values in Chapter 9, Table 1. Whether it's, it's, you know, you're you're dealing with that 40% fill for more than two conductors, you know, that type of application. Okay. And let's see here. Let me go down and let's just go down to Chapter 9. And make sure nothing's changed. Yep, for over two, it's 40% fill, cross-sectional fill. Uh, For one, it's obviously 53, but it's really not going to come into place here for the pool. Uh, But if it did, one conductor can't can't exceed more than 53% of the cross-sectional area of that raceway. Uh, Or two conductors, 31%. But most of the time, me and you are dealing with over two, so we have that 40% fill we're, we're having to deal with. Okay. All right. Well, that is it, my friends. If you are taking an exam and you are presented with a box, uh, a pull box type of aspect, a minimum size, it's a very easy calculation to see on an exam. Uh, just remember six, uh, a straight pull. And, and an easy way to remember that uh, is that dealing with straight pull, STRA. IGHT, okay, is STRA, that's four. IGHT is four. Straight pulls eight times. So tip in your mind, what which value, six or eight, do I use for straight pulls? There's eight letters in straight, then it's eight times, okay? When you're dealing with the angle pull, you pulls and splices, then, you know, I don't have a nice little quick acronym for that, except for realize that everything else would be six, and then straight is eight, okay? And raceways, you know, the distance between raceways that have the same connectors going in and going out, make sure at that diagonal measurement that you're measuring it to be at least six times the, you know, the trade size of the largest raceway, okay? So that's your distance, okay? All right, and we'll go over that in the video in more detail. We just want to make sure that you have all that down and you understand all the concepts there. Uh, Again, hard to do all of it in a podcast, but hopefully you got something out of that uh, and you kind of understand the basics. I encourage you to go and read 314.28, get an understanding uh, that it's dealing with four gauge and larger conductors, okay? Uh, And these are the dimensions that you're going to need. Uh, It might result in an off-the-shelf box, uh, and it might not, okay? Um, thing about pull boxes, things like that, um, there's a wide variety of them out there. They can be custom made. Thing about pull boxes, for example, they all, all have to be listed, but you still have to meet the, the dimensions, things like that, okay? And no emails about that, folks, about the listing statement. Trust me, if you don't believe me, go read 314. All right, now, you are required to have the listed boxes if it's for specific application, like listed listed floor boxes, and you do have a number of listed boxes. But incidentally, you'll notice if you go back and look at 314, uh, unless I'm missing a change that took place, uh, I don't see anything in there that states anything about that. All right, You have your standard boxes, uh, and then you have other aspects of it, and of course they can be all over the place. Okay. Now, if they're listed for specific use, 
It's totally a different beast, if you will. All right, folks. Anyway, that's the show for today. I want to thank you for for listening. Hopefully, you got something out of it. Uh, Stay tuned for a video that is going to actually show you all of this in extreme detail. And it'll help you really understand or make things uh, stand out for you and make it real easy for you to understand. Until next time, stay safe, God bless, and visit. Get all your continuing education. Help sponsor the show by going to myceudepot, that's myceudepot.com, and helping support it because that money that comes from that strictly goes to helping us pay the expenses to keep the podcast, the videos, and everything else coming. Uh, So thanks again. God bless. Till next time, stay safe.